So I'm sure we have been reading uh, very beautiful things. Uh, thanks to Falguni. Uh, I also get to hear a few. This last one is so beautiful, amazing. This is the cure. Some of these writings are really uh, subjects for meditation and reflection. It's not that by any mental view we can understand them. It's more like we meditate on them. These are great truths, born of a very um, great consciousness. Um, very often people ask this question, and I think that's a good starting point, that we read all these things, which are very beautiful. And uh, we read in some, of course, mother's writings are amazingly beautiful, but something on another level from several places. For instance, be positive, think positive, etc., etc. Surrender to the Lord, let go, beautiful things. Problem comes in uh, how to practice them. This is the big gap. It's as if someone is, you know, as I said, we live on two different layers. One is a layer where we are caught up in the storm. That's our present condition. The storm of a very complex play of forces. And in this play, there is... Uh, it's an amazingly complex play. We don't uh, realize it, actually, right from morning till night. If you look behind appearances... Lot of forces have gone into it and some of them are really nasty, full of deception. They, they can assume many forms, including forms divine and spiritual. So this is a lesson which both science and spirituality meet on that. That don't rush after appearances. In India we learn it very fast and forget it also very fast. That every person who wears an orange robe or claims to be a sadhu is not a sadhu. Let me put not with a capital not underlined ten times. Every person who goes to a temple and is religious is not a spiritual person necessarily. There may be a spiritual person who does not go to a temple, church, mosque or for that matter any... These are things which we learn with heart experience. Very often forces of darkness conceal themselves in masks of light. These are well-known things. It's there. It's there in every scripture. You forget about it. And um, that is not the route that we need to take. This gap between where we are and where we need to go is the whole tragic comedy of human life. It's a big journey and we have to undertake it individually. Nobody else can take this journey for us. But when we undertake the journey, each one of us finds supported by a hand of grace. Call it a severe hand. Everyone, doesn't matter whether one believes in this God, that God, it's really irrelevant. God believes in himself and believes in us. That's what is important. It seems that divine has more faith in humanity than we have faith in the divine. <laughs> That's why he <laughs> bears us <laughs> through, through, you know, millenniums. He has not given up on man. Man gives up on himself readily. 
and he has faith in humanity because he sees himself in that there is a very interesting word in india we have the same word for god and the same word for man mankind let me put it like that the word is purusha it is also said that man is made in the image of god tremendous possibility but then this image has to become real it's it's not enough just to have a nice little idol there is a whole ritual in temple where after you have an idol you have to do something called as pran pratishtha it must come to life so hidden in us are divinities waiting to burst forth and the veda is written inside every atom of existence it's there written inside us but we have to discover it this way has to be walked there is no shortcut books are wonderful help they inspire us influence us a teaching can lead us up to a point but there comes a point when we have to go beyond words in the gita it is called shabd brahm ativartate shobindra speaks about it we are not sadhakas of one book or many books but we are sadhaka of the infinite it's wonderful to have outer help we as human beings must help each other doctors help healers help friends help everybody has some role to play but we must know that there is a point you know help is like when we go to i don't know somebody has gone to amarnath temple well i have also not gone but i can you have been okay but it's a wonderful whatever i have heard about it seen about it it's like in typical pilgrimage you start your journey with you know a lot of friends saying bye bye and carrying things with you but then there comes a point when journey begins to get more difficult you probably just two three will go with you right up to the end and at the end you have to you know just walk alone it's it's a very narrow passage so impelled by that towards which you are going is also calling calling us so divine is not just as much lot more interested in us reaching him than we are in reaching him probably we are interested only fraction of few minutes in a day but all the time he is knocking to pull us pull us pull us towards him and uh, this is the crucial point that beyond a point all vehicles that we take vehicle of thought vehicle of teaching books help from people this that they are like you know bullock carts or cars which will lead us to a point they may be very nice cars luxury cars but there is a point beyond which you have to walk the pilgrims journey with nothing but the staff of faith and the torch of an inner intuition that there is something which i am seeking so what is the help given by these things they are very helpful because they help us to keep away certain things which we encounter in our journey see scriptural teaching is a wonderful thing it 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 works both ways there are many things that we encounter in this journey and this world abounds with them for instance when we take talk about health and illness the mother speaks of 
ill will as a cause of illness. It's very interesting. Doctors don't talk about it. What is ill will? Ill will can take many forms. Sometimes coming close to a person who is full of ill will inside, but maybe a good friend, is enough to inject in our being all kinds of influences. You don't even know where is this thing coming coming from. It's true, we have to be non-judgmental. It's also true. That's why I said scriptural teaching is so difficult. We have to be non-judgmental. True. But does it mean that we have to throw caution to the winds? No. We have to be vigilant also. So without judging how to be vigilant, it's possible when we don't judge a person but see the play of forces. So, ill will can take many forms. Oh, are you okay? It's a very nice thought after all. Somebody is concerned about it. Are you sure you are not uh, neglecting something? You, you look thin, you know, your eyes look yellow. Nice, no? We feel so concerned and cared for. One form of ill will. Masking itself in nice things and unconscious. I'm not saying people who ask these things, they are genuinely not concerned. They are concerned, you know. They are people who really uh, all the time are seeing illnesses everywhere. <laughs> so, quite naturally they want others to not to fall ill. But it's not a good way, not a good thing to not a good approach towards life, towards others. So this I am giving just one example of very innocuous. Then there are people who harbor things inside. And the atmosphere of world. There are forces, Srivinda speaks about it. Adverse forces, hostile forces, which take us far, far away. One single thing, thoughts that aggrandize us. It's easy to counter thoughts which depress us. We know it's not right. We need to get over them. Thoughts that are dark, thoughts that put us in despair. Of course, many of us begin to love our depression. It becomes an identity. Similarly, many of us begin to love our grandiosity. It's hard to believe we could be ordinary mortals. We are not ordinary mortals, that's true. But there is also a truth that sometimes the mind can get captured in a state where it begins to believe it's a bubble, very nice bubble, colored with all kinds of things. And we live in a state of ego aggrandizement. And nature gives a knock, a blow, and then one realizes, oh, I'm very much like everyone else. These are plenty of things that I see in my practice. That's why I'm saying that even moving on this path involves many, many, prematurely there are people who believe, oh, they have experienced this, they have experienced nirvana, they have experienced those things. We should be very, very careful. True knowledge brings tremendous humility and a great inner peace and joy. It's a sign of true knowledge. Tremendous humility, a spreading oneness, a discriminating intelligence. These are the gifts of true knowledge. One knows how to distinguish what is true from the false, not right from the wrong. That can be misleading. There are things which it's not about morally right and wrong, but true from the false, to go behind appearances. All this comes as part of the journey. Then we arrive at that land where we can just truly surrender ourselves to the divine and say, yes, I am yours. 
if you do it prematurely we may become prey to even other forces that's why uh, how difficult you know shubindu a whole chapter on the mother is about surrender which can be purely a tamasic surrender see what is tamasic surrender we go to god and say i've given myself to you and the next moment we we have problem and we say i gave myself to you how come i am having problems so i have not given myself to god in that case i have given myself to an image of my own ego superimposed on the reality and called it god mother speaks about it that they don't love me they love an image of me this these images we create god is this god is that so i am saying all this just to share that there is a whole journey that one has to undertake and uh, it's something which demands a great sincerity great degree of purification needed in the process there are no hasty premature certitudes but one should undertake the journey because one it's worthwhile two it's worthy of our humanity three is there any other way one would be happy to know if there is any other lasting solution this is a solution otherwise we will remain within the human limits with then we have to accept that these are the issues which will always plague our humanity one way or the other we'll do patchworks which are nice okay but they are patchworks not a radical change so this background was only so that we undertake the journey to reach that point where such beautiful things thoughts feelings they become natural where surrender is an act of joy and we can truly say with all sincerity and all humility and all faithfulness that lord i hand over to you the entire responsibility of my being and then come what may whatever happens that would be wonderful it's a great delight to lift oneself to that consciousness but that consciousness has to come through a journey so to be a healer and to be healed is to undertake a journey there are no certificate degree courses in true healing of course i know there are courses <laughs> that's why i added the word true healing it's not like we pay money and learn some practices and we become healer just as you know even in allopathy 30 years of experience and still you are learning there has to be that thing so it's not like you know we can do a degree course no there is no degree courses in life fortunately you can't just pay and say okay now from today i am a healer teachers there is no degree courses in real true teaching you always learn you learn from students you learn from children you learn from rivers you learn from trees you learn from the block of stone on the way you learn from the potholes you learn from the ruckus in the parliament that you know may our inner being should not be like that we it's so many things all the time we learn so this is the first thing that's a ongoing journey throughout life constant learning and those who want to be in the job of healing need to undertake that journey and it's an unending journey it's not like either one reads a book or talks or 
practices a few things means one has become a healer this this would be an illusion as long as our consciousness is imperfect as long as it is untransformed we are still on the path the second part is to be healed also is to undertake a journey so when people come in distress when there is a moment of crisis physical psychological emotional occult nowadays there is also a term called spiritual crisis whatever it be basically it's a cry for evolution it's in being is wanting to take to the next level in whatever domain the crisis may be shubhendra used a beautiful line in savitri digging a tunnel through emergency it's a tunnel into which we have been put we call it hell but it's a tunnel through emergency to reach faster towards the light so very often the lessons of an illness go unnoticed unheeded because we are in too much of a hurry to just get well yes we should be in hurry to get well but we should take it as a journey it comes to show many things to us which you can learn sometimes it may be a lifestyle change sometimes illness is a cry for attitudinal change all that you know we have been discussing maybe yes forces like fear hate greed all these are within me and i need to work them out and these forces harm as much as physical things take an example of diabetes i'm a bit fond of giving this example because i have blood sugar so you know it's it's a good example way i like to give examples with, which i know for sure <laughs> gone through <laughs> so what happens is that one is cutting down sweets this is a common advice i have seen people who cut down sweets really and they still continue to have a problem with sugar and they come and tell me and i know that they have cut down sweets the reason is is one thing to cut down sweets it's another thing to cut down the greed for sweets it's a big struggle it's not just about sweets it's something else which is there it's there as a force inside and you have to work upon it by work upon it i mean offer grace whatever means we use call peace it's a very uh, it's not just about an external change that energy that force is inside and when it is lost in the human body it doesn't leave easily in india this is customary nowadays that when you give a house to a tenant you make sure 11 months only you know because law if you if the tenant stays for more than a year after a while he can own the house i mean it's not exactly like that but it practically works out like that if he says i am not going to leave i am not giving ideas for you to take up somebody's house and after you know say one and a half years that look you know it's do what you may go to court so what happens the case hangs in the court for 5 years 6 years now you reach a critical point beyond which whoever has occupied the house for a such a long period the house belongs to him am, am i more or less right uh, roughly my rough idea about law <laughs> the legal system so what happens with a disease we invite like a tenant and if it stays for long it doesn't go out readily it wants to extract its pound of flesh 
give me something so that i may move out of the house so that's why it's much better to be to prevent and to prevent means to right at the beginning start and that's where the role of education all that uh, dr sava was saying and falguni was pointing at right from beginning we may be spoiled brats but maybe our children we can try to see that these forces don't come we put in them forces of jealousy ambition fears very dangerous things greed of various kinds so let's take this journey undertake this journey that would be the best thing we are all um, this camp is a very different kind of camp we are all on on the journey so let's add a little more punch and vigor and push to the journey so that sooner rather than later we cross over that critical barrier where we can really be immune from illnesses the mother has said that would be possible in a supramental consciousness in a supramental world where immunity will be natural till then we have to use some preventive which means we have to develop right discrimination right will right attitude strong will faith all these things will help us trust we have to keep away things fear though you know fear has its own role to play as i said be care fear should be replaced with a vigilant consciousness with right discrimination not having fear doesn't mean becoming imprudent prudence is also a divine quality we have to be vigilant about not just what we eat but also places we go people we meet I'll, i'll tell you a very simple innocuous thing which can be very harmful people don't realize is going for marriages very innocuous everybody believes it's part of custom in india at least you know if you don't go people take very poorly but these are the places where all kinds of forces will mix bazaars we are literally in the middle of forces of desire fear jealousies you are brushing past so we have to be careful it's not that stop going and confine yourself into a room that's not possible that's not to be done and it's not even possible because this circulate but we have to be more cautious conscious so in the ashram the method is that when people go out they specifically go and pray even if we go for a picnic group picnic the mother has created a zone she said within this much area uh, you are bathed in my atmosphere but then when people have to go out they go and say mother i am going to so and so place in this this way i add to it all the details of my flight ticket or train and bus this my way and i think it's a good thing to do all the details that i am going there i am offering all this at your feet so that your protection your grace may accompany me it's good to remind time to time the divine after all he is busy no so <laughs> busy with us but there's too many people to look after we can't imagine so we should remind we should not take it for granted we take grace for granted so when things don't happen well so what is god doing <laughs> all our life we are busy with ourselves suddenly we say where is god poor fellow has no other job but to constantly attend on everyone he does in a universal way 
But that is under a different kind of law. If we want to put ourselves into that law, yes. But there is another way to form a more personal relation with the divine. It's no point, you know, if we have no personal relation, then suddenly at the end of the division, we have re- we had read somewhere and you know heard somewhere that you know uh, call the divine and everything will work out. We have not opened the lines at all. We have not put the telephone wires connection. It has to be done every day. Then it works out. Somebody asked Shurvindo that uh, it is said that the dying moment is very important, and um, if you take God's name, you are straight away put into a, you know, special VIP quota and you go straight to Nirvana. So, Shirvinda says it's not like the unction of a priest, uh, you know, during death after having led a very impious life. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. That all my life, I'll just do tomfoolery and one day suddenly I remember, oh, last minute, last minute I'm going to remember the divine and be free. So, whole life should become a constant remembrance of the divine. That's how he puts it. So, Gita, he says, you have to see this sloka in conjunction with the other sloka, where Sri Krishna tells Arjuna, Mamanusmar Yudhascha, remember me and then fight the great battle of life. This is the thing that we need to do to remember and offer. If we do it from morning till evening as often as we can, then it will become natural, easy. There is a connection formed. If there is a illness, sore throat, instantly we call. There is a quick response. Now, even otherwise the divine responds. But there is such a huge darkness which has gone into our system that it takes, it may shatter even the vessel. So if every day we do this little bit work of cleaning the house, now what happens when we don't clean for long number of days and one day we want to clean it? can throttle the throat. We can't suddenly wake up one day and say, oh, let me clean the house. Every day little bit of cleaning. So every day little bit of meditation, concentration, invocation, quietude. Every day as often as we can remember the divine and offer. Offer good things also, joyous things. Then when, you know, there is a distress call, it works very well. We can't leave the divine only as an IC in case of emergency. Call 111. It doesn't work out. Every day we must call 111111. That alone. Then it works. Then life is a wonderful thing and all this negativity will go away like this. It doesn't, um, really speaking, it's nothing. It's just a, another kind of illusion created by darkness. It doesn't exist. It has no reality. No dark thought, no distressing thought. Jealousies, they will become foreign to nature. Where the divine is, how can these things come at all? So that's what we have to do. That is the central way of curing things, as what we read. Let me close with a story. Some more questions we can take. I have to remind myself that let me close, otherwise I forget another story will come. So there was a um, man who once saved the life of a king. So the king called him to the court and told him, what do you want as a reward? I want to reward you. So he said, nothing much. I I just want your friendship. He said, are you sure? I can give you job. I can give you uh, so many things, money and gold coins. You have saved my life. He said, no, it's 
just your friendship. It's good for me to have a friend like you. King says, okay. So then now he has become a friend. So after a week or two weeks, he says, Hi friend, would you like to come home? I would like to invite you. He says, yes, of course. He's a friend. He has to come home. Now the king, date is fixed for the king to come home. So all the ministers know that the king will be going to this fellow's home. It's a home living in very poor conditions. So they are, they become suddenly very active. They repair the road, repair the hut. It becomes a nice, decent place. King has to come. It can't just be a hut. Then they realize that, you know, even the utensils are not proper. So everything is changed. Then the Prime Minister says, well, all this is fine, but friendship is fine. Our king doesn't understand. He has become a friend. How can king eat with a commoner? He must have some status. So, Prime Minister appoints him, gives him a nice job also. And then he says that, you know, when the king comes home, his taste, he has to prepare a meal which is to be of his taste. Who knows his taste better than the king's daughter? If only this fellow, now he has a good status, money, everything, marries his daughter, then it will be just perfect. So, the coming of the king means automatically all other things are taken care of. But what we end up doing is, <laughs> give me a little bit of health, give me a little bit of money problem to tide over. The king will give us that. But what we need to do is, to make friends with the Lord. And he loves it. You know what a friendship is? Something amazing. This is a relation which we seldom form with God. He's a teacher, he's guru, he's father. Mother is very nice. You can go and, you know, any kind of problems you can go and sort out. Mother will always protect. And another relation which is uh, we can form with the divine is friend. Friendship is wonderful. You can confide anything. So this is the beauty. This is the way we have to learn to relate and connect with the divine. Not as something, someone austere, far. Not just as an impersonal plane of consciousness. We are very afraid of truth. We don't want to accept divine. Why? Somehow it will belittle us. There is somebody greater than us. So we don't like the word. We like impersonal. It's a power. It's alright. We may call power, then power will react. Uh, power will act. And power is too strong for human consciousness to bear. It is true. Divine is also a power. But to relate with him as a being, with whom we can, whom we can love, who is a friend, then all these things work wonderfully. Automatically. Because when divine comes and goes into a house, how dare any darkness can stay in any corner? It will run away miles. Even hearing the whispers of the divine coming. Which kans can come when Krishna plays the flute? It cannot. It, will, it knows, my God, this, this stepping in. So every day let us call the divine, the divine mother to come and make this body her temple or her house, let us play with the Divine, befriend the Divine, love the Divine. Questions? 
and not for any anything that we may get out of it. It's a joy to just be friends with the divine. In, even if we were to get nothing, it's a great delight to have a friend like him. What human company will one want after that? Everything else will look so, so on a lesser plane. Love the divine and know that the divine loves you. There are a number of right attitudes, but I am telling you probably the highest attitude. To love and give oneself to the divine for the sheer joy of giving. It liberates us from ourselves and therefore liberates us from misery. <laughs> to think of oneself is to be miserable. This is the highest attitude, which Mother has said and I, I have seen it's the best thing to do. But I also understand it's an act of grace. It doesn't come so easily, so pray for it, aspire for it. Till then, faith, surrender, aspiration, these are the things. Offer them to the divine. Ask the divine to harmonize them. See, that's where the key is. If we try to do it with our mental effort, I tell you, these parts are very, very cunning. They will say very nice thing. I am doing mother's work, mother's work, flattering the ego and mother's work. I have seen this. I am working for God. But flattering the ego is the same thing. Like in religions we have priests. I am the intermediary between God and you poor ignorant humanity. God cares two hoots about it. He doesn't need an intermediary. Thankfully. That's why there is hope. So, so many ways it can deceive us. People believe that they are, you know, harmonized inside. <laughs> there are dark, not just corners, big, big blotches which are hidden. So, only way is to offer to the divine and ask for sincerity, ask for light, ask for harmony, ask for peace. These are beautiful three lines in Savitri which I was sharing yesterday with a friend in the book of fate. And these three lines echo but in a very beautiful way. Echo is the wrong word but well, Sri Krishna's lines in the Gita is a very beautiful half a sloka in the Gita. Anityam asukham lokam bhajas swamam This unhappy, transient world. Remember me with love. Anityam asukham, lokam. This transient, anityam. Asukham, unhappy world, lokam. So what, what do we do? Bhajas swamam. Remember me. It's not just about one Godhead. It's about the divine, whatever way. Shobindu says in Savitri, in thy heart passage through a suffering world, lean for thy soul's 
support on heaven's strength turn towards high truth aspire to love and peace simple three line formula he acknowledges anitya masukham in thy hard passage through a suffering world it's not easy let's acknowledge the difficulty the divine acknowledges our difficulty in thy hard passage through a suffering world whom should we lean upon husband wife friend lawyers doctors engineers wealth politicians in order of priority <laughs> in thy hard passage through a suffering world lean upon heaven for thy soul's strength heaven is not just in a religious sense but something which is high beautiful a state of consciousness which is full of beauty light truth lean for thy soul's support on heaven's strength turn towards high truth not momentary truths aspire to love and peace is yes, this is from book 6 canto 2 book of fate we'll be covering it in the savitri camp by the way which we have from 16th to 22nd of august in beach office yurvindo society from 5:15 to 6 and 6:15 to 7 on days when there is an early dinner it will be only one session and all are welcome there is no registration nothing required but if you need chairs to sit please let me know so that i can uh, because there are both chairs as well as uh, sitting on the floor floor means there will be carpet on the floor but if you need chairs please let me know so i can pass on the message so we'll be taking up this book book of fate so i <laughs> he reminded me of this yeah so we for participants for like chronic diseases or diabetes hypertension so we try to label them for diabetes we try to educate them so that is the strategy to I think uh, as physicians, uh, clinicians, we need to work at two levels. As as uh, spiritual clinicians, sorry, not just clinicians. and the dictum is swami vivekananda said something very nice every day we need to take a bath give bath to your body and give bath to your soul but if you don't have time for both give bath to your soul so every person who comes is the divine in disguise to start with it's a meditation and i am saying this in all earnestness so much i have learned from patients i am indebted honestly they have taught me patience they have taught me so many things it's like an ongoing meditation so sometimes you are in a real hurry because time is pressing there's so many things you need you know there are many things in life and still you have to 
know that at this point it's the divine sitting there and it's not easy i can tell you especially when you know you are in a state of flux so one is it's the divine who has come and see that try to talk about whatever diabetes hypertension etc it's there i'll touch the labeling part a little later but also see that this becomes an opportunity for an evolutionary journey and how it will be it will not be through a lecture or a talk it will not be through some fixed system to each one it will come in a different way some people are not open many are not they just want a quick fix remedy so we should know there are limitations of a quick fix remedy we can't play god we should not try to do one some people believe they have to have cure everything and somehow you know that's not what a healer is you must understand the limitations we can unburden a little bit of the pain but we can't always cure everything a very nice thing i had read uh, similar to the serenity prayer but in a different way so it was to sometimes cure often relieve always comfort comfort you can give always comfort comes from where it doesn't come from physical level it comes from the depths always comfort often relieve something we can do to relieve cure sometimes all clinicians doctors know it yes we should not label it's very harmful to categorize people and put them in block you are this in my specialty or often comes schizophrenic depressive and you have to fight it all the time this morning itself somebody says schizophrenia is uh, are bad i said excuse me schizophrenics are not bad normal people have made them schizophrenic so we decide who is bad so so <laughs> so this is not good to label people and it doesn't mean that people don't go through difficulties they go through difficulties there are challenges of evolution and at the end of the day let me tell you it is that person's journey it's not your journey you can't undertake it but you can since the person has come to you as i said the divine in a mask maybe you have to play some role play that role to whatever degree you can there are no magic cures in the very first day i said because magic cure will only come when the person undertakes that you know what may work for me with me many things have happened amazing things i could write a whole book on the number of uh, you know all kinds of impossible miracles let me use that word happened in my own life but i can't start saying you know miracles will happen if you turn to mother and caller like that will be unfair unfair on the patient unfair on mother also <laughs> there is a kind of relation which is there from the divine and between me and mother and it's all because of mother because of her grace so i can't you know that will be misapplication of a great truth I mean amazing things head on collisions nothing happening severe diseases just vanishing like that but some diseases sticking on because there is something which i have yet to learn so all these things are there as part of you know everyone will go through their own experiences they cannot immediately be transferred the people who are not interested not keen cannot open they have problems the body is not receptive so many it's a very complex issue spiritual healing it's not as simple as pray to god and he'll cure you body is not receptive so many things are there so we have to see with all modesty and humility to an extent that some light can be thrown but if you feel the person is unwilling to take any light prescribe and that's it so 
there is a whole knowledge but it cannot be always given to everyone divine himself doesn't do it so sometimes it's just a fraction but sometimes an odd person will want to know more go deeper that's your opportunity but many will not so it's it's there it's, it's a very sad thing to see that you know that so much more can be done so much more can happen but you have to restrain because it doesn't work like that to sometimes cure somebody had given me when i passed out of mbb you know medical college these two prayers one was serenity prayer which also i had kept for long time in my room and the second was this one to sometimes cure often relieve always comfort patient should not go out more distressed poor fellow came with a throat pain and you have rattled out all your knowledge from ent and z from throat cancer to this that poor fellow says oh my god <laughs> am i nuts if he is intelligent he will say the doctor is nuts but you know <laughs> but yes we do that i have seen doctors do that oh you may get paralysis you don't know what you are doing your lipids are very high you don't realize the danger you may get a heart attack one day you may you know it's okay <laughs> we know it that's not the way to help a person it's not that the danger is not there but there is also a way to communicate look you know why would you like your heart to suffer there is a decent way of saying the same thing which can be said without you know uh, saying things which are so harsh and so fearsome Like you said something like um, the problem is to be stated beautifully and correctly. Yes, and yes, it's an art. It's an art. I agree with you two hundred percent. It's an art. It's not something which can be learned, and it depends a lot on the consciousness of the healer. If all my life I have been harsh, then obviously with patients I will <laughs> vomit the same consciousness. Consciousness is the same. if i believe in keeping people under my thumb i'll do the same thing when a patient comes so a healer must constantly work to change oneself which is possible that's the good news that we can change so we must constantly work and strew in any field and till the death bed there is something to learn and something to change and that makes life beautiful i mean i wonder how you know someone can say that now i know everything and fixed and there is a label and board outside md mnams and uh, whatever refrcp god knows it's so silly it's displaying our ignorance but always to know that there is something i can always learn life is perpetually in an upward motion i feel very happy when you know i see people who are 80 and wanting to know things it's amazing it's a sign of a progressive consciousness whereas sign of a degenerating consciousness is at 25 no i know it all okay you know it <laughs> what else you can do <laughs> fine <laughs> then you say okay you know it that's it <laughs> nature teaches us in its own way and like you just feel lost yeah i mean 
whatever see nature has its ways the great teacher is nature i can tell you i have seen children learn beautifully without going to school and it's amazed me and it taught me that nature teaches everything it teaches i have seen actually children who have not been to school and i have seen they are learning how they are learning how nature uh, you know teaches um, i mean in, in my own colony there used to be a child and i used to observe every time that how different aspects nature is teaching and bringing out child didn't know that i am observing these things and i said wow we have a teacher all time with us <laughs> not always she gives blows she is a very loving and patient mother but sometimes she may also take to harsher ways but generally you know she is such a lovely thing this whole idea of school is sometimes an absurdity the name mother gave to oroville school was last school <laughs> still now schools have come up <laughs> so <laughs> the last school <laughs> there was a series of names the mother gave <laughs> what was the other school super school <laughs> it's a, mother had such a wonderful sense of humor <laughs> so you know that's how nature teaches so if somebody doesn't want to learn it doesn't mean learning will not go on but it's just that i am not destined to be a catalyst for that and we must know where to step back we should not overstep our own limits and limits means not inner limits but limits imposed by time time and space you must remember god doesn't want me to meddle in this more than necessary so stay quiet it's okay yes please um you talk about Excellent. And then it's very easy to have that conversation when it's present, the tangible when it's not. You talk as well about sort of dark forces hiding under the light or the mask of light and not surrendering too soon. So where is yes? So very good question and a very uh, I must say a very uh, subtle question. First, the divine presence comes and goes in everybody's life. it just that we are not aware of it you are fortunate act of grace that you are aware of it it comes and goes in everybody's life much more often than we are aware in fact it never goes let me put it like that but is but okay for from our side of the coin it comes and goes but yes there are many forces also which may masquerade etc and so the question is how to discriminate very simple the true divine touch will always fill us with this in a, put us in a state of peace harmony very subtle in a joy a sense of trust in creation in destiny in life a feeling of fullness these are the effects of the true divine touch and there are touches which masquerade and they will eventually they will make us restless agrandizes or throws down into despair fill our mind with needless ambition even things like i am an instrument of the divine you know that can be god has told me i am a prophet so you know these are the things which we have to be careful about anything that agrandizes us anything that depresses us anything that makes us restless anything that 
you know, fills us with uneasiness, we have to be very careful. Even if it masquerades as something divine. So this discrimination goes, one, by experience, but we can help it grow by a conscious act of offering to the divine. See, divine has done his bit by coming and going. But we have to now do something from our side. And that something is by a conscious offering. By conscious offering is not a casual thing. You know, many times we go to temple or someplace. I've offered. No, it has to be a seeking, an aspiration. Lord, I want to be yours. I am grateful that you have come into my life. Gratitude is a sign that the soul is awake. It's a great thing that, you know, there is the presence of the divine in one's life. So, Lord, I am grateful. I would like your presence to grow. I would like your light to grow in me. Give me more peace in these troubled times for earth and mankind. Let me be in a state of harmony within and outside. Let me feel the sense of fullness that comes with your presence. So this will, this aspiration from our side, this offering from our side, this remembrance from our side will be like a preventive so that anything that masquerades will get filtered out. Because now we are trying to make the connection and conscious connection. So it helps a lot. Sometimes it's also good physically to keep things which can serve as a protective barrier that also people do. That's a different subject altogether. Things which can protect us from things which masquerade. Mother's symbol, for example, blessing pack. Everybody uses their own. It's not like you have to... But there are things which do help to an extent to protect, but ultimate protection has to come from inside. If somebody is in a state of grandiosity, no I have seen people in a state of grandiosity throw away the protection. Give it to somebody. In the view, I don't need anything. It was clear-cut suggestion of the hostiles, but they didn't realize. It was such a sad thing. When they became alright, they felt they had already given away. I know someone who used to use, you know, a beautiful symbol of the mother with something given by her. And when the person went into a state of grandiosity, I am, I am God. I am, I am having such beautiful experiences. And in that state, the person took it off and gave it to somebody. I don't need. It was very clearly driven by the hostiles. Alas, much later he came and told me all this. I said, if you can retrieve it, try to retrieve it. But he had given it to somebody who went far away and done. So, you know, they, they make us also, these forces can be very, very strong and powerful. We have no idea. I deal with them. That's kind of part of my profession. So I can tell you, I've seen all kinds of things happen. One has to be very careful, very conscious, full of humility. Humility, vigilance are very good protection against these forces. Sincerity. Walking the path means to become more and more sincere. It's, you know, we can enter the path fooling ourselves. Oh, I am doing yoga. I am going toward the divine. But, mind you, as we proceed on the path, Mother says, do not touch this fire of yoga unless 
you are not willing to become more and more sincere as you advance the demand will be even more because the forces will assume more and more violent aggressive forms deceptive forms and as i said they can conceal themselves in such beautiful ways i am an instrument of god all these things they can conceal so that's why in every religion there are ways uh, you know to safeguard for instance when it is said in christianity praise be to the lord it's a very nice thing it's a reminder it's not my praise praise be to the lord but we again misuse these things <laughs> or we may say it verbally but inside we feel ah after all somebody has recognized my worth so uh, one has to be very careful very vigilant full of humility full of surrender don't think that's you know i'm not saying about you but all of us anybody is exceptional because one has exceptional experiences it's always good to remain one feet grounded and at another level everybody is exceptional everybody is capable of the same thing so one should avoid you know, many of these gurus sitting on pulpits giving nice talks you will see on television with nice malas don't go miles near them stay miles 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 away that's not how divinity clothes itself in such ostentatious shows even if they show up in your vision tell them please thank you tata bye bye i'm saying realities i mean i have seen such things in my own inner life tell them please no job with you thank you so much <laughs> they may come to you with gifts of miracles and this and that stay away true divinity is very different people say when they went to shirdinder's room in that atmosphere what tremendous peace i don't know if any of you i mean many of you have been but those of you have not been i wish you have a chance occasion tremendous peace even till date cannot imagine and what humility when shubhendra has to send a letter to be posted he has written he you know there are people who are there who would be just waiting to grab that opportunity and he says um it has to be posted uh, you know is it possible or something like that and then niruddha writes a hundred hungry hands would grab it i would do it i would do it but look at the humility i suppose this has to be posted <laughs> i can't imagine mother playing tennis going out talking to children highest things children could approach her any time any which way and she would always have a kind word full of affection not that right now don't disturb the mother children could go to her any time run to her they most of the children who grew up during that time would not go to their father or mother if they had a problem they would rush to mother they knew the source of love so fortunately we have had the contact with true divinity so one knows the distinction otherwise many times we don't know outer marks such big tikka and ashes every man who smears ashes is not shiva 